Well, thank you guys so much. Come on, let's give them a hand again for leading us. Just want to start off by saying, I was not saying anything to George. He always does that. Makes me out to look like the bad guy because he's talking. I didn't say anything. I was listening like everybody else. That was my first problem. The second problem was, is I got a shirt the same, same style as his. And I didn't know they made it in juniors. And so that was uh, my only issue. Kept looking at me like I was saying something. I had nothing to say. And, uh, and if anything, I wanted him to stop talking because I want to hear Nikki sing. So thank you, Nikki, for singing after George finished talking. So it's all good. I don't, I don't mind. This is church, man. Sometimes we do get so married to the program uh, that we forget that we are about community and about the body. And it's okay if sometimes we, we get off track. Uh, I mean, what, this, isn't, this isn't, you know, church shouldn't be so contrived that we are just trying to make our way through a program so that we say that we completed something. This isn't about completion. This is about family and unity and community. And, um, and so if that means we, you know, get off and they take all of my preaching time, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So uh, today we, uh, we started a new series called The Bounce Back, and um, we're excited about this series. I, I think about it. We're excited about every series, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's thought about that. And, uh, but uh, essentially, we're going to be talking about resiliency and uh, the ability to recover and to return to original form. So um, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about that quality that allows the people of God to get knocked down and get back up again. And uh, anybody grateful for that, for the ability to bounce back, right? Right? Well, today we're going, to, we're going to start at the beginning. We're going to be talking about enduring. Um, essentially, we're going to be talking about uh, that space between once life first hits you and before God delivers you. Because there's always a period of enduring where you've got to deal with the state in which you are. Because change doesn't always come immediately. One of the, the greatest greatest struggles of believers, especially as we read scripture, is we read it so quickly that we assume that uh, things just happen overnight and that because the people in the Bible just happened overnight for them, it should happen overnight for us. But that's not true. That's not true, man. There, there are long journeys and trials and stories in scripture that happened over years, and we read it so quickly, we assume that it happened just like that when it, it did not. It did. I'm, I'm always reminded of Noah. Yeah. Noah, man, God says, I'm going to bring, bring a storm, I'm going to flood the earth, and, um, and we think, man, like, just happened like that. Now, Noah, for 40 years, built the ark in sunshine. And imagine that, 40 years in sunshine, they knew nothing about rain, and he's telling everybody, I'm building a boat, and uh, it's going to rain. And can you imagine the neighbors, the family, the community members, and how they viewed this nutcase standing out in the middle of this dry land talking about there's going to be water falling from the sky for 40 years, man, enduring that. And so we're going to be talking about that period and how do we navigate that season. And, and thinking about that, I'm thinking about Houston. Um, I, I've been to New Orleans. My wife and I were there last year, and, um, and we went to the Ninth Ward, and we saw uh, a land that has not yet recovered 
11 years later. And, um, and the devastation that Houston is experiencing is likewise. This isn't going to be some event where just because, and I'm so grateful, and I've said this to people over and over again, the blessing of Katrina, aside from what George mentioned, the blessing of Katrina that has benefited Houston is that we are now aware of the fact that it takes all of us, even those of us who don't live in Houston, to help our brothers and sisters, our family, recover where they are. And so seeing so many people step up and give, not just celebrities alone, but man, as a matter of fact, we've got a dear friend, a part of our denomination down in Paducah who has a nonprofit, and, um, and they are currently collecting items. And so if you are willing, and I'll I'll put it out there online as well uh, to bring items next week. We are going to take uh, them to Paducah, uh, a few of us. And if you guys are willing to do so, once we do so, us and Grace, our sister church in Portland, we're going to bring items uh, here, collect them, and then a group of us are going to drive to Paducah to help them load the semis uh, because they're sending semis uh, to Houston. And I'm so grateful uh, for that. And just there's... There's so much of that going on, and it's just a blessing to see that I doubt we would be so aware of how great the need of Houston and Harvey had it not been for New Orleans and Katrina. And uh, because of that, man, our hearts are opened up to them, so we pray dearly for them because we know that it's not going to happen overnight. I don't care how many millions and billions of dollars that are delivered and know how many semis go into the city. Those people, it's going to require a lot of time. They're going to have to endure a season before things get better for them. We all, if you've lived five minutes on this planet, you've experienced a time where you've had to endure something. So the question is, what do you do when you are enduring, when you believe that your change is coming? And some of you are. I know your personal stories. You are waiting for God to show up. What do you do as you are enduring? Well, I I, I, I gathered the testimony of the prophet Isaiah, and um, and I think that he has something to share with us. So real quickly, uh, if you could open up to Isaiah chapter 40. We're just going to read the last few verses there, beginning at verse 28. And Isaiah has something to share with us. Isaiah chapter 40, 40, verse 28, uh, from the English Standard Version, this is what you'll find. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. I, uh, I, I enjoy flying. Uh, I, I really do. I, I love being up in the air. I specifically like the, the parts of the flight that people don't like. I like the takeoff and I like the landing, especially when you stop quickly. Like It's like a roller coaster to me. So uh, I enjoy flying. Uh, there's only one part of flying that I do not like. Uh, believe it or not, it's not the turbulence. They really don't bother me all that much. Uh, I don't like holding patterns. 
Um, holding patterns bother me tremendously. And if you're not familiar with holding patterns, it's basically this. Uh, when you're flying and you make it to your destination, perhaps a couple of things, they have not gotten the approval to land, or sometimes there's too much fuel in the plane, and so you've got to circle for a period of time until the plane has been given the green light to land. Uh, I, I don't mind any parts of flying. I don't mind storms. None of that stuff mattered to me. Most times I sleep and snore and bother my neighbor, so I don't know what's going on anyway. Uh, but I don't like holding patterns. They, they really bother me because there's nothing that you can do about it. All you can do is just sit and wait for the word so that you can land and that the flight can be completed. I, I remember, man, a few years back, uh, some friends and I, we flew to Denver for a uh, an event. It was a training. And, um, and I remember uh, that we got caught up in a holding pattern for about 45 minutes. It was miserable. It was miserable, uh, miserable because of the holding pattern itself, but also it was a holding pattern. We're going in circles and there were a lot of turbulence in the air. And so we're shaking. I mean, just around the circles and shaking and shaking. Uh, I'm sitting on the aisle. Um, the, the young lady sitting at the window. My buddy is sitting across the aisle from me. The lady next to me begins praying, which I thought was cool. She begins praying until uh, she started to use next to God's name an F word that was not faith. Wasn't faith. Uh, and, um, and so I, I looked at a little concern. I, I tried to encourage her to say, baby, it's going to be okay. And um, by that time, she was crying and sweating profusely. So um, for those of y'all who know me, I'm rather goofy. I looked at her. I laughed a little bit, so I just turned my head and left her alone. Uh, when I turned my head, I looked to my right, and my buddy who was with me, another pastor in the city, uh, he's been here before. You guys may know him, Pastor TC, uh, from Connecting Christian Church. He was on a flight, and, and he was seated next to a lady and her son who was a toddler. Uh, evidently, the turbulence and the holding pattern had disturbed the toddler so much that he lost his lunch. And, um, and so TC looks over and sees the toddler losing his lunch. And you guys know what happens when you experience somebody else. Well, needless to say, TC and the toddler bonded over barf bags. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. It, wasn't, it was not fun at all. Um, it was a terrible experience. But I, I'm thinking about that man just as the issue uh, of it all. You know, it's holding patterns are absurdly crazy. Every time that I experience one, like something just goes wrong, like people freak out because nothing's happening. And all you're doing is just waiting for someone else to tell you when this is finished. This is oftentimes what we experience when we're enduring. The craziness of seemingly just circling around an issue or life or family or illness, whatever it may be that you're waiting for God to deliver you from, you're just kind of circling around. It becomes a little turbulent, right? Things get a little shaky. You begin to question your faith. You start to wonder, is God with you? Is anybody listening to you? Are your prayers working? Does God even exist? Because oftentimes when we're enduring, that's one of the first places. And I talk to non-believers all the time, and they assume that they are the only ones who question as to whether or not God exists. And I always let them know, anytime you want to know what a Christian really believes, sit next to them when they are going through something, and they'll let you know all of their doubts and where they exist. Because God does not show up how, when, and where they think that he should. It's the holding patterns, enduring things through life. 
This is exactly what's taking place in the life of Isaiah and the people of Judah at this time. They're just now coming out of something pretty tragic, pretty horrific. Um, King uh, Sennacherib and the Assyrians have just been defeated. They, are, they have left, and it seems like Judah is going to go into a season of peace. Well, Isaiah receives a word from the Lord, and the Lord says, My anger has not been satisfied. Did you all know that not only God has grace, but he has wrath? You know, God has a wrath. Yeah, man, it's, it's through scripture. It's kind of hard to talk about. Yeah, because we, we, we just, we want God to be like the pleasant grandfather in the sky who gives you candy all the time. But sometimes the Bible refers to him as a good judge. Sometimes you got to take the spanking. And sometimes while enduring, we're experiencing the spanking. Some of you all were corner children. You don't know what a spanking is, do you? Yeah, sometimes you've got to endure the spanking. I got, my mom's not here, so I can talk about it. I got spanked a lot, like, you know, with all types of items. Like, whatever was in close distance, it was worthy of a whooping. <laughs> um, but, but so they, God let Isaiah know that his wrath had not yet been satisfied and that there was more punishment coming to the people of Judah by way of the nation of Babylon. So King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon was soon on his way, and Isaiah had been lamenting and grieving the eventuality of this pain that was coming the way of the nation of Judah by way of Babylon. But when you come to chapter 40 in Isaiah, what you see is essentially the prophet accepting the reality that this was coming their way, which is a really good point for us to start on. One of the first Places that you should land as you are enduring, believe it or not, is accepting the condition of your faith. Accept where you are. It's kind of hard to do, right? But imagine, imagine being in Houston. You've lost everything that you own. Nothing is going your way. You've lost your house. You lost your thing. And you're going to stand in the corner. Somebody say, how you doing? You're going to say, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) It's rough right now. And one of the first places that we ought to be comfortable landing is accepting where we are, that we have struggles, that sometimes life sucks, and that people are mean, and things oftentimes don't go your way, and that I feel bad, and that things just aren't looking the way that I hope that they do. Some of you all heard me say this before. Um, I always think about my grandmother uh, when I think about this, and I love my granny, man. She's suffering from dementia now, and so it's just, you know, can't connect with her like we used to, but I always love the fact that Whenever you would ask my granny, how are you doing? Granny never lied. You know, we, we, we as, as Western believers, we lie about how we feel all, all the time. How you doing? I'm doing good. And you don't feel like it. My granny, you ask my granny, how you doing? Well, baby, you know, these knees, they ain't felt good in two weeks. And, uh, and my back, well, baby, my back, man, it's been hurting too. Well, and that's some other stories going on, baby. I ain't even going to share that with you. Just, you don't need to know. But if you ask granny how she was doing, she laid all out for you because she was honest about where she were. And sometimes, here's the reality, God can't fix what you refuse to face. Rather than lying to yourself and lying to people about you and putting up a show, trying to make it seem like everything is perfect and that it makes you no less blessed if you confess the fact that things are hurting, that things are going bad for you in life. It is okay. We want to know why? Because we live in a fallen world and things happen and sin has contaminated the planet. Therefore, things are going to go bad for everybody who crosses this planet and it's okay. 
we just have to learn how to endure. How to endure in faith and how to trust. Just because you're having a bad moment doesn't mean that God has forgotten about you. And so Isaiah is talking as he has come to accept the reality of where they are. He closes the chapter with, man, I I love this, with a couple of good questions. He says, have you not known or heard? Isaiah, what, have we not known or heard what? He says, listen, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. You enduring, Will, is largely dependent upon what you know about God. Here's where we struggle. Oftentimes, when we are going through whatever it may be, or even when things are going well, one of the first places that we want to start is we want to start with us. We either want to start with us or start with people around us. And whenever you or humanity is the starting point, you'll always miss where you want to go. But if God is the starting point, for whether things are going well or things are going not so well in your life, if God is always the starting point, then you have something to work to, something to reach for. But things always seem worse than what they are when humanity is your standard. And so Isaiah says, listen, if you want to endure what's coming our way or endure what you are experiencing, what you need to know first and foremost is remember who God is. That the Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. Basically what he's saying that as you endure well, don't forget about what God has done. Don't forget about what God. That's why he says these words, I asked these questions in the past tense. Have you not known or have you not heard? You hear the past tense of that? Have you not? Did you forget is what he's asking them. Did you forget about God? This is this is consistent throughout scripture over and over again. Repeatedly, you'll hear God speaking to the people of God and asking them, do you not remember when I delivered you? Do you not remember when you were in bondage and I set you free? Don't you remember? Isaiah is taking the position of the Lord saying, have you not known? Have you not heard? Do you not remember about your God who is the creator of the ends of the earth? He's asking them to remember what God has delivered them from in those difficult times and to remember that the same God who was faithful then is the same God who was faithful today. Step number one, man, to enduring. It's remembering who God is. That the Lord, he is creator of all things. Which is cool. Because when you think about it, here's what happens when we go through as we're doing. Oftentimes we isolate ourselves and we begin, as my wife says, tell ourselves stories about why we are, where we think we are. And this is what happens, right? We start to question everything in the world, everything in existence. Is there a God? Is God still working? Has God forgotten about me? Well, I believe the case that Isaiah is presenting is something more larger than just your issue. Because we think that when things go wrong, that God has a bullseye on us specifically, right? Right, you know, God, out of the seven billion people on the planet, you have to pick me. but here's what's true as Isaiah is talking about how big God is that he is the creator the everlasting God if God were to forget about you or if he were to stop focusing on you he would have done the same thing for everything else 
The reality is, the only reason the earth is spinning, the only reason that it, it makes its way around the sun, the only reason the, the seasons continue to transition, the only reason that there is light and darkness, the only reason that there's life on the world and the world has not spun into utter chaos, the only reason that there is any type of moral expectation on the planet, the only reason that we have breath in our lungs, the only reason how, how come the sun and the earth have not collided, the only reason why there is a difference between day and night or there's a difference between animals and humanity and we can go on and on and on the only reason these things are operating the way that they are is because God is working and the moment that he stops working is the moment that we cease to exist so what you need to know as you are enduring before you begin to tell yourself stories that God has forgotten that he has given up on you and that he is asleep, know that your God neither slumbers nor sleeps because if he did, we would cease to exist. So Isaiah says, listen, step number one, maybe you can't find it in your own story, but consider the meta narrative that's at work. The bigger story that's operating, and that's this, that God is working, and the reason that we know that it's working, because when I walk outside these doors, I can guarantee you it's going to be daytime. And I guarantee you at a certain time tonight, it's going to be evening, well, nighttime. And that I guarantee you that until the Lord says otherwise, there's going to be oxygen that we're going to breathe in and there's going to be carbon dioxide that we believe. There are just some things that are working because God is working for us. Consider the larger story that's at work. As you're enduring, you know that God hasn't forgotten about you because if he did, where would you be? And in case that's a trick question to you, let me answer it for you. You wouldn't be anywhere. God's working for you. Isaiah's position really is kind of, kind of, kind of, it's familiar. Jesus, Jesus makes the same case essentially in his first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He tells them, listen, don't, don't worry about anything. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, but which of them never are any time go without anything to eat? Or he says, look at the lilies in the field. Even Solomon in his splendor wearing this beautiful deal. Jesus was basically telling them, listen, I'm taking care of my creation. And you are a part of that story. When you're low, man, you're going to be enduring. Life's going to smack you. You're going to be down. Your bounce back is coming. But understand that in the in-between times, God has not given up on you. So I want to say this slowly. And because uh, sometimes in inflection and other things, sometimes the message can get lost. So let me let me pause, take a deep breath and say this slowly to you, because I, I feel like somebody needs to hear this today. Yes. There's somebody in here today who is experiencing depression. There's somebody in here who has been isolating themselves and you feel like God has forgotten about you. He's given up on you. I want to assure you that he has not. The very reason that you have breath in your body today proves that reality. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that life is perfect, and I'm not saying that things are the way that you hope that they will be. But what I will tell you is that God loves you, and he loves you unconditionally. Yeah. And never think that your status on this planet has anything to do with how God feels about you. Because yeah. God's love is bigger than your money. It's bigger than your job. It's bigger than your health. It's bigger than, than your family. It's bigger than anything that we can add value to. His love is unchanging. 
And one of the greatest lies the enemy gives to us all is that God's love is contingent upon these things going well in our life. But if that were the case, that would make God like man. And God is not near as fickle as humanity is. He is simply God. He is simply love. And that song that we just got finished singing for 15 minutes, he is good. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so the question then is this. If the Lord is working and he is watching, then why has he not shown up? That's the greatest question in the world, right? Like, that's the question we've all answered. Now, I, and I lie to you, and I, and I won't, to tell you that even as a preacher of the gospel, there aren't times when I read scripture and I don't look up to heaven and say, God, why can't you do that today? I clap at him, yeah, you know, every syllable, too. I hit every syllable. God, where... Why can't you do that today? There are times, man, when, when I see the devastation in our community and in our world, man, I get so angry and upset and confused and wondering, where is God like this? Yeah. God, man, listen, man, listen, just like um, Elijah with the 450 prophets of Baal, I need you to bring some fire down on some folk. I, I need, man, show yourself. And sometimes things are so difficult. I, I'm like Joshua. I just want to pray. And I say, God, listen, make the sun stand still. Give me more time so that I can make the most out of what you've given me. God, listen, I need to see you heal people. I, I need to see you feed the hungry. I, I need to see you like I read you. And I'd be lying to you if I said there aren't times that I struggle with, where is God in these moments? And Isaiah answers it for us. It may not be the answer that we're looking for, but he gives us an answer. This is what he says about God. His understanding is unsearchable, period. Is that the answer you were looking for? His understanding is unsearchable. Basically, the argument that Isaiah is presenting is this. We don't know why God does what he does. He's God. And part of our journey of faith is trusting that God is the earlier part of the argument that he is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, and that he does not faint or grow weary. It begins there once we understand who God is. Then what Isaiah says, now that you understand who he is, please also understand that there's no way to understand him. His understanding is unsearchable. I wish I knew Isaiah saying this. I wish I knew why we had to struggle with the Assyrians and now we're coming behind and having to deal with the Babylonians. I wish I understood why there had to be a flood in, in Houston and why those people had to lose their lives and their homes and why there has to be poverty and homelessness. I wish, I, well, I know some of those questions, but I wish... I wish I understood those things, but I don't completely understand them, but I understand that there is a God. And part of the journey is placing our trust and that sometimes God will answer and do his goodness in his own time. And that is not a reality that is easy to grasp and deal with sometimes, but it is a truth. 
And I, I saw this when I was in a coffee shop, a place where I spend so much of my time these days. Um, and, and there was a card uh, as I was waiting to check out. And the card simply says this. It, it had a boat, a sailboat on the front of it. And uh, the front of it says, uh, God has a plan. And then when I opened it up, it says, now I don't know what that plan is, but I'm so glad that I'm on the ride. That's, that's where we live. God has a plan. And I wish I could tell you, man, that if you spin around, jump up and down, man, and say three words, God's going to deliver you. No, I'm just trying to tell you that you are on a journey, and there is a captain of this ship, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he never leaves nor forsakes. He just wants you to endure this moment. Why? His ways are unsearchable. I wish I had a flat-out answer for you. I do not. All I know is that God is the everlasting God which means he has no beginning and no end. He just simply is, which means that as long as you are enduring, he will always be with you. He never grows weary. God doesn't get tired of your prayers. He never grows weary. God is with you the entire time. That's the, the holding pattern that I was talking about where we're just circling, hoping for something to change, just waiting for the word, waiting for God to show up. And so I think the last couple of verses, and I'm getting ready to take my seat, Isaiah says this in verse 29. Once you understand who God is, he then says, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Did you catch that? What he's talking about, listen, he's talking to, to Judah who is experiencing, listen, they have not even recovered from one occupation. And now the enemy is on his way again. He's saying, listen, I know you're tired, but although you're tired, God gives power to those of you who faint. Which means this, the only reason you are able to wake up each and every day is because the Lord is energizing you, giving you strength enough to move. Giving you strength enough to not give up. You didn't do it by yourself. God is empowering you. He is encouraging you, giving courage to you so that you can make it through into the next day. He says he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Because, verse 30, even youths yeah. shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall and be exhausted. What he's making a case is that it has nothing to do with your own vitality. Right. And any time that you want to say that it's about me, and that I'm strong enough, and that it's about me being able to pull my boots up, and me put my leg, my pants on my legs one step at a time, and I make this happen. Isaiah said, without the help of the Lord, even you'll grow too tired and too weary to do that. But God is empowering you to make it through every day. But this is the point where I want to focus at before I take my seat. Verse 31, he says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They who wait for the Lord, the better interpretation of that is that they who hope in the Lord. They who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. Here's the strength that he's talking about specifically in there. It's the strength within your mind. The strength within your mind gives you hope. Or the hope gives you strength in your mind so that you can wake up and try again. 
And what you don't know, man, especially some of you people who are in the middle of enduring right now, is hope woke you up this morning. And hope started you on your way. And hope would not allow you to give up. Hope keeps you even when you feel as though you don't know how it's going to turn out. Isaiah said this is coming directly from the Lord and it's been given specifically to you. For those of you who are hoping, back in the day, I always heard men say, listen, when it's talking about waiting scripture, it's talking about not just sitting still, but that you are serving, trusting that the Lord is going to make a way for you. And as you're enduring, what the Lord wants you not to do is what we're so guilty of doing in life at times. So often, man, because life smacks us in the face, what we'll do is we'll sit still and we'll figure, well, I'm not supposed to do anything else. Maybe, maybe I'll just sit here and wait for things to change. Isaiah says, no, man. The hope that comes from being connected to the Lord gives you the ability to endure Every day, right back at that job, right back around those difficult people, right back with the illness that you're experiencing. The hope allows you to wake up each and every day believing it may not come today, it may not come tomorrow, but the Lord's salvation and deliverance will come. So I'll wake up each and every day with an ethic that God will, God will, says you'll mount up with wings like eagles. He said, man, you'll. You'll be able to withstand this. You'll be able to fly above it. And you'll walk, man. You'll take this journey. You won't grow weary. And you'll walk and you won't grow faint. Give me one second, George, before you get going. And I uh, want to ask Ms. Diane to come up because she's going to give us a testimony to, um, to connect with this. Amen. Thank you. And you go up after her. Good morning. I was just sitting there when George was talking about being homeless. Many of you will know sometimes I about lose my mind in here. And just because I've been in that situation of homelessness. So when I sat in my seat or when I can't sit in my seat. When he said give thanks to God. I thank him and people think I'm joking when I say toilet paper. When I say water. Because sometimes we take for granted the things God gives us to be able to look at one another. When I step, I don't just think, I just step. I thank God that I was able to take that step. And apparently, as the preacher preached this morning, somebody's going through it in here. And they think it's not worth another day. But if you just give thanks to God for whatever it is, if it's toilet paper, then give thanks to God because he knows he spoke to you this morning. So he cares for you and he loves you that much that he would have somebody go home for 15 minutes on a song that should have been seven. I didn't want to get up here but I said, God, decent and in order. I went and I whispered in the pastor's ear, just give me two minutes and I'm going to be obedient. God knows and he cares. 